Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. Hello, Harry. Hello. Hello, Nick. (laughs) Hello, everybody. We have two very special guests on the podcast today to finish off the year. It's become a little bit of a tradition that we get our husbands in to see out the year. So thank you so much. Finish with a bang. Got to finish on a high. Now, can you guys do us a favor? Can you just talk us through what we usually do every week with our intro? So what's the next step? What would we be saying next? Your um... highs and lows for the week. Oh, oh my God. All the words out of I listen, I listen to most of them. You yeah. do not. But you call it something else, he's, don't you? He's a shit talker. You do How not. did you know that? I've listened to one and it was the one I was on. <laughs> <laughs> The two hours. Okay, here's the next test. What are the two segments that we talk about in the morning? Um, mum hacks. Yes. Well done. Um, and he won't know like, this because this wasn't in his episode. Yeah, it was a year ago. Yeah, it's like people screwing up or something. It's like, um, oh yeah, there's a funny quip you say. Yeah. Rudolph Fabulous. Rudolph Fabulous. Well that's done. Well done. I'm actually that's quite quip. impressed. Yes. I'm quite impressed. That's what I was trying to find when you were saying highs and lows. That's what I was trying to think of was the Rudolph Fabulous. All right, now highs and lows of the week, Jade and Harry. All right, highs have to be that we are nearly on a Christmas break and we can go down and see my family. Haven't seen them for most of them for three years. Obviously my parents and a few people we have they've come up here but we are just so beyond excited so touch wood it all goes to plan and yeah we can see them is that your high as well oh my high was getting a new motorbike but oh yeah more materialistic yeah i got a uh, honda 110 okay (laughs) enough of that any lows this week (laughs) the new motorbike (laughs) yeah for my low is the the motorbike for sure he's like hey babe look at my christmas present and i'm like oh my gosh not where it's Yeah, great. Okay. What about you guys? Highs? High of the week is that I feel like I'm at the point where I can nearly touch the break. So I don't know if it'll be good news or bad news for our listeners. The motorbike break? No, but we are going on a break after this episode, I think for about a month. And I feel like as much as we love doing this, we both need it. So that's my high. The low would be that we were meant to be moving into our new house next week. And that will not be happening this side of Christmas. So everyone wants to get in before Christmas. I know, but we were going to be getting in. The house wasn't going to be finished. There was still going to be dust everywhere. The yard wasn't going to be done. It was just, it was getting a bit silly. So what about you, Nick? Highs and lows of the week. My highs that this week is almost over, (laughs) and my lows that I'm currently still midway through this week. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a little bit under the weather. I don't have COVID. I um, did a test, but um, thank God. Yeah, we had a lot to do this week, and we're nearly through it. You're nearly through. Nick's it. been crawling through the week, yeah, basically. So yeah, I'll be looking forward I'm to sorry, yeah. putting a line through this one. A line. A line. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you putting it? Where are you putting it? 
<laughs> All right, moving right along. Yeah. As much as you guys got it right that the next segment is normally mum hacks and rude or fabulous, we are going to soldier on straight into this week because I feel like a lot of the things that people wrote in are rude or fabulous <laughs> so anyway. Fabulous. So we asked you guys what your parenting pickles are. So these are, I guess, like awkward conversations or awkward situations that might be to do with your kids or your in-laws or in being parents. We actually thought this was going to be quite a jovial episode, but it's some heavy. of the questions or pickles that were sent in are fucking heavy. So, <laughs> And also, disclaimer, we just want to say that this is not what you should do and what we think you should do. When we answer, this is purely just what we personally yeah. would do. If we were put on the spot yeah. to do it as well. Full disclaimer, I don't see myself in any position to give advice to anyone. Don't do as I say or do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just going to say yeah, what you, I yeah. would do and what I think personally. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you not, follow what we say and your entire family falls apart, do not fault. come running to yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Are you ready, boys? It is. Cool. Don't literally. <laughs> All right, Nick. My sister-in-law is always telling me what to do with my baby. How do I put up boundaries? Interesting. I personally would start telling her what to do with another topic until the point with it annoys her so much. <laughs> and then I would say, so now you know how it feels with the advice that you give me with parenting. Yeah, so, that um, is 100% so not, not what you not do. That's not petty at all. <laughs> <laughs> that could never end badly. Well, that's one tactic. <laughs> You've got to tell us what you personally would do in this moment. Well, I, I personally feel I'm really comfortable with like telling people how I feel. So I would just talk to them and I would bring the thing up and just say, listen, this is where I'm at with parenting and by you doing that, it's really stopping me from being able to enjoy your company mm. and that, you know, if you want to continue this relationship, it's something that you need to work on if we're going to stay friends or. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. A really funny one is actually we went out one night. I can't remember whose birthday it was and there was this blind drunk chick and it was getting to the end of the night and she like came and sat at this table and she was like sort of checking out like who had wedding rings or whatever. And we'd previously asked her, like, not to sit down because she was just, like, really annoying. <laughs> and then we were like, whatever. And then she just decided to sit down and just blabber. And I just had to stop her and say, like, everyone was feeling this way. I was like, no one's going to say anything to her. So I just had to say, I'm really sorry, but I'm not enjoying this interaction. And I know what you're looking for and you're not going to get it here. So I'd recommend you just... So you're, yeah, like you're, going, you're you good know? at confrontation pretty, like that. You can you can just yeah, because things make me feel like uber uncomfortable. I yeah. feel like I just deal with it straight See, away. See, it's funny because for me, like my old self, this I'm in a new self right now, but my old <laughs> self would always like deflect in confrontation, but then I would absolutely stew yeah, over it in my head. And yeah, now right. I've learned it's taken a lot of time to actually learn to. Was if, that just the other side of your one and a half day juice? Days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fucked. But in all seriousness, yeah. I can't tell you how important it is to have that. I know it's a seriously ugly conversation yeah. to be confrontational with someone, but once it's off your chest and they understand, yeah. you guys can move on. And I think yeah. you can almost approach it like as a compliment sandwich. Like you can be like, Ooh. it's so amazing, like how much you know about motherhood and you seem to like really know a lot about like sleep or like what babies should eat but I also really need to figure some of this stuff out for help 
help. But don't worry, like if I ever need help, you'd be the first person I'd come to or something in a way that it's like back it up with a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Sandwich. Yeah. One on top, middle. I go for that open open sandwich. I'm just like, stop doing that. (laughs) I don't like mustard in my sandwich. Take it out. (laughs) All right. Harry, I think my husband will be absolutely useless during birth. He squirms at the word vagina and the thought of a C-section makes him white. I'm thinking it would be better to do it alone so I don't have to look after him in labour. What are your (laughs) thoughts? Will my husband feel like he's missed out or be happy to swan in once the baby already arrives? Um, He sounds like the type of guy that would probably happily sit this one out, but that's that shouldn't be an option he should be in there helping out and be a support network for his partner and that does sound ridiculous however i don't know the context of his situation squeamish at the word vagina like come on that's ridiculous but i don't know he might but let's say hypothetically he's like you and he is in the hospital room and like sits and reads a book in the chair. And yeah, I'm in there for like 12 hours and I'm having a read. But so that's, that's I mean, different. maybe taking distractions in so that when it does get too much for him, as much as that sounds ridiculous because the woman's the one, like she's in labour, but like maybe he needs to take distraction things in with him so that when it gets too much he can check out. It, it's compromise. He's... Yeah, you got to reach a compromise. He needs to be in there. It's his child. It's his mm. wife, partner. They're going through this together. And maybe she can use an alternative word for... For Jojo. Yeah. Like for, what? Like Vaj. Oh, yeah, that's Vaj. nice. I reckon it's like a rite of passage bits, as well. Bits. Maybe he likes... Pussy. I don't know. Oh, you can't say pussy in the birth suite. I don't know if you're allowed to say pussy ever. (laughs) You're right. You're not. Other than in porn, I don't think pussy ever gets used. I reckon this guy sounds like he would benefit from some, like, antenatal classes. I feel like Mm. maybe if he understood it more. Because I think, Nick, even before we had Poppy, you were kind of like, oh, you know, like I think I'm going to, like, stay a bit more at the head end Mm. type thing. And then once we went to an antenatal course nick was like i'm delivering this thing like it completely changed his mindset it would like desexualize the organ yeah you know what i mean i know it might sound weird but it's like i thought for some reason like seeing yeah it does a little bit but in a way it kind of also does the opposite i find Mm. in like a a good way like (laughs) no but as in like it's like you see your wife in a different light and i think it's an opportunity for him to like it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful and it's also like like there's going to be much tougher times I feel like having kids than seeing that delivery. So like if you're already sort of allowing him to tap out of the hard stuff, yeah, it's only same. going to get harder. So he's like got, yeah. the bottom line is he's up. got to suck yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. He's got yeah. to be in there. And these are words that have been in the dictionary and being used for you know, yeah. centuries. So yeah. he's got to just get used to it. Perhaps you need to do a night where every night you say vagina, vagina, twenty-five times, twenty-five times. Yeah, vagina, vagina. Staring contest. Yeah, he has to play yeah. chicken What's with a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sophie, I'm nervous. How do I ask my husband to get a fertility test? We are having trouble getting pregnant. Okay, well, this is 
much like the last one. You ask him to get one because you are a couple that is trying to have a baby. And I think this old school, like, put the blame on a woman because she must be the reason that you're infertile needs to go. It's, you know, there's just as high chance that it is an issue with the sperm, which is fine. It doesn't make him less of a man if he has some issues with his sperm. But I think it's totally outrageous for your partner to not think that that is a completely acceptable thing to be asked yeah. of is, him. Is he scared? Is he scared to go get one because he's scared of what he might find, or he doesn't want to get one because of? It, I think know. also perhaps a nice way of doing it is saying, hey, "Mine was maybe a bit direct." Well, no, but that's fine. That's what I would yeah. just say, "Hey, we're having trouble. We haven't conceived in X amount months. I think we should both do a test. I'm going to get my eggs tested." whether you do or not, whatever, but it makes you seem like you're also a part of this issue that's happening. So he thinks, okay, well, I'm going to do my part. She's doing her part and it doesn't focus on him directly. And also, yeah, Yeah. and if like the fertility issues are enough that you are about to undertake treatment, there's also the option that like you won't go ahead with treatment unless the sperm has been checked. So if you're that Mm. afraid to have the discussion, well, your doctor will ask for that to happen. But I do think it's kind of like the last one where it's like you need to get comfortable with these discussions if you're going down the route of having a baby because Mm. it takes sperm, it takes eggs, it might take a root. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I think. True that. Okay, Jade. My partner doesn't wake up to the kids no matter how hard I try. Nothing wakes him. What would you do? Can you speak from any kind of personal Can experience? I just jump in now? I'll, yeah. I'll speak from personal experience. He's not asleep. <laughs> He's pretending to be asleep, just like I do. Put on the snore, yeah. put on the heart. Do you know the funniest part? Yeah, you'll see. Is we like- do it too. Yeah. <laughs> but I've like He's faking it. Look, I could think of all these great ideas but we have to think of what I would do and I get up for the first or second time and then by the third time I know he's not asleep because when like I get in bed after two minutes or two seconds he's like (laughs) and I'm like as if so what I would do is then donkey kick or just say hey I've really had enough I've been up twice can you please get the fuck up if he does not I mean you don't have to swear but I would that's what I would do (laughs) if he doesn't get up put the lights on take the doona off and just say I need help I need you to help and hopefully he will then get the point and then maybe have a discussion in the daylight hours as well being like there's no point of you getting up to do it if I have to wake you up so much that then I'm so awake that I may as well be up okay anyway let me give you a really quick example last (laughs) week I was woken up yeah I was woken up because Harry was snoring so loud next to me in bed Yumi Yumi was in the middle of us I decided to go on the couch because I needed sleep. Now, I was just getting to sleep and I hear her screaming and she went for about five minutes and I thought, gosh, maybe Nick's like not in the room. (laughs) Like if she's still screaming, I get up, walk down the hallway, turn the light on. He's got two pillows over his head and she's just sitting next to him crying. And I just, I said, are you actually kidding me? Like, did you not even turn over to see that she? Nah, there's a there's a bit to it. This I'd one. love to hear it. <laughs> so there was 
So think of like the Western like theme song where it's two gun gunslingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, that one. I thought you were next to me asleep, and I said, "I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna go to the end with this one. I'm gonna see who can." outlast the other one so she's oh. screaming and i thought you were next to me the whole time so i'm sitting there with the pillow going all right she'll get her up soon she i had no idea you weren't in the room i thought you were next to me so i'm sitting there you thought you were playing a game the, well, yeah I thought, this was a, I thought this was a battle of like who can go to the end who can battle it out who's got the most gumption to, to really ride this one out and then she comes in going off her head which is understandable and I poke my head out, <laughs> out of these two pillows clamped over my ears and realise what's going on. And, yeah, I didn't win that battle, but that's what I thought. I thought I was waiting for you to get to deal with her. Well, and next I, time, babe, maybe just, like, peel your eyes open and <laughs> just see. Read the room. Well, if I, if you, if <laughs> Literally you, read the room. If you peel your eyes open, you lose. That means you're yeah. awake. Nick and, I, Nick and I used to have an unspoken game when Coffee was a newborn and it was called Naffy Mountain and it was neither of us wanted to be the one who had to take out the naffy oh. bin in her room. So we would stack those things <laughs> like it was like you didn't want to leave in there, did you? Oh, it fucking stank. It was so yeah, wrong. But I lost yeah. every time because Nick's way messier than I am so he could put up with so much, whereas I'd get to the point where I'm like, our poor child is probably going to, like, suffocate on fecal fumes in the air. Because like, Yeah, like, or yeah. have pink eye or something. Yeah. And it was just, but like we I've never really better. spoke about it. Yeah, we just kind of battled, but we've gotten better, yeah. Good. Jade likes that. to load up my bookshelf with wet oh, nappies. That's nice. Not soiled nappies, thank yeah. God, but wet nappies, like yeah. three tiers of nappies. <laughs> Look, I, I just walked past I, I said, this is for books. Like, can you see it? You put your you put your teas up there. She puts the rubbish up there. I just want to say, I figure if I'm changing the nappies, he can take them out. End oh, of story. You just leave them there and walk past them. Harry, I want three kids, but my husband doesn't. He says he will if it means that much to me, but I don't want him to resent me and for me to ruin his life because of it. Oh, that's a bit close to home. This is her, oh, how do you know? <laughs> I mean, what? Nah, yeah. So this is very uh, topical, isn't it? This mm. question. Well, we had two kids, pretty close back to back. I was young, and I wasn't. <laughs> Jade always said that she wanted three. She always said that, and I always just thought, yeah, three. Yeah, you want three. I want five. I want to, you know, do I want this. A yeah, I want to land. Oh, I, yeah, I want to fornicate with bloody whoever Pamela Anderson. Oh, right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we all want these things. I don't know if you're going to get them. And anyway, she so she, now. She's, yeah, yeah, she's a bit. She's a third, bit a third child versus 40 with Anderson. And she's like 50 now. I know. Yeah. You would have been two when I she was I might even have a chance, actually. Yeah, I reckon. She's washed Continue, up. please. Yeah, and um, I just thought, yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, you want three kids, fair enough. And anyway, she said in maybe in two or three years, you know, after Billy. And I just took that as, yeah, two or three years, you know, two or three years we'll be moving on and won't think anything of it. Next second I blink and it's been, what, four years? Mm. No, three and a half. Yeah, and all of a sudden she's on me straight away. Oh, not literally, but, oh, mm. I would like a third child. I think I'm ready. I really want it. And I was like, oh, shit, like try to deflect it, deflect it a little bit. And then she was dead serious. Like I really, this is what I've wanted. This is what I, and I knew she wanted it. And I um, I actually spoke to your parents. I said to her, oh, Jade, 
like another child. I don't I don't feel financially. But tell them your hesitation as to why you weren't ready. Oh, there's a th- there's a thousand reasons. There's the the we got through two kids that were happy and healthy. Like I really didn't, was scared about. We just got through the baby phase. Yeah, I was a little, and and I was talking like total, um, you know, health, physical sort of things. And then there's the psychological stress of it all. And, you know, I wanted to go back to uni or, or focus on work or career or whatever it was. I just thought we'd seen the light at the end of the tunnel. The kids were both toddlers now or older mm. in school. And I really saw like the light at the end of the tunnel as in, I don't mean it was a horrible experience. I just mean, okay, it's a, a, different a, a new stage. phase, a new yeah, phase yeah. of life. We can Put go back on. to, you know, all, my whole 20s I've had been having kids and raising children quite young. And I said to Jade's parents, I said, hey, look, financially, you know, I don't know if three would be like advisable. I don't know if um, I could take the load mentally. I don't know if I could physically. And I thought they would would back me straight away and say, yeah, that's a very smart and conscious decision that you've made. Instead, it was the total opposite. It was that's what she wants. You know, I think that's what she deserves. I think she deserves. And I said, well, and she's like, and they said, you know, we'll help anytime we can. Like we'll, you know, we're always happy to to help and fly down and fly up and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so that was my little, I thought that was going to be my little way out. And and anyway, so that. She was an only child. So they, yeah, yeah. And, they, and, I, yeah. and I forgot that they would love a third uh, grandchild too. So. Yeah, so uh, anyway, I literally didn't have a choice and I made the decision to, yeah, to have another child with her. And what happened was Yumi ended up being, I was scared as well. I was like, didn't know how it was going to go, all that sort of stuff, all that trepidation. And she ended up being not my favourite, but she just reminded me of the joys of having a little baby and a new a new baby and a new face and it was just she's incredible and but it was awesome. On the flip side of that, so my story is did I pressure him to do something that I really really wanted? I had this yearning that I really like uh, just a that maternal instinct of I really need. It was something I've not felt before. It was a real urge to have another one. And I really didn't listen to what he was saying. Like nothing he said, I took in and said, oh, yeah, I understand that. We'll wait six months. Like he wasn't saying no. He was just saying not Not now, now. but I wouldn't listen to him. So to be honest, I think you guys, before you have a third, need to come to some sort of agreement because there was a time in our lives when we had the third that, look, there were a few comments in arguments that were thrown about, oh. No, I'm, I've got to say, I'd still, it's one of my regrets and I'm not proud of it, but it's it's when we decided to have Yumi our third, I, this is quite personal, but I, Jade said, I'll do everything. I will do everything. Yeah. And I said, Jade, like I'd seriously, our kids are just going to school. Like I want to go back and start my career or whatever it is I was doing. Um, like I really, you know, I really want to think about this and money and all that sort of stuff is a bit of a worry. And and Jade said, I'll do it all. I'll take care of it all. And I kind of used that against her in, yeah. in some probably tough moments where yeah. I'm like, well, it's this is tough. I knew it was going to be tough. Yeah, I told you so. I didn't want it and yeah. I want, yeah, I wanted to do the whole I told you so. Yeah. And I did say that in so many ways. Yeah, and it's it wasn't nice. And even even as recent as this year, I've, when he's going off, I go, well, this wasn't in the contract. This was not in the contract, Jade. So, you know, this is up to you. But, you know. But, look, we've really 
had a lot of conversations about how much that affects me and we yeah we've rejigged a few things and it is getting a little bit easier now but getting back to the question I I honestly you genuinely need to have that sit down conversation and get to a happy medium because I really don't think that it's fair for one person to say yes this is what I want and the other person to go all right I'm just going to agree because at the end of the day you know no one can do everything on their own with three kids and they shouldn't have to and he wants to be a part of it and I think it's one of those things that like being a partnership especially when you're parents it's all about compromise and you know respecting what the other person wants but I don't think it can go as far as like you really want a child they do not want a child at all so we're going to have a child like there has to be some kind of and unfortunately you can't like kind of half have a child it is kind of one or the other but I think if they're like adamant, it's going to be really difficult to do that. But then at the same time, I think if you have a child, like once you meet them, you're probably never going to regret it. Her (laughs) conviction for this, for having a third child, was the most powerful I'd ever seen. Mm. I've never seen her want something more. You're lucky she's my favourite. Who, me? Love you, darling. No, you. you. Yeah. And (laughs) on top of that, I think fatherhood out of all of this like he because I just couldn't do all of it not that he I ever did it all but I I was happy to do majority because I was just I had all the time Six, now that 65. I work and he works and we have this life balance and I had postnatal depression he had to be like a big primary carer for the children and that has been the biggest reward out of having three kids and this you know, seesaw conversation. Isn't that weird though that something as difficult as postnatal depression has potentially in the long run set you up for a more balanced, you know, stress-free life, even though at the time I imagine it was like the hardest thing you'd ever been through and you probably could never have seen a positive coming out of it at all. No. So there you go. We hope we answered your question. (laughs) I've got one for Nick. Hit me. How can I increase my libido postpartum? Our child is six months old and we've only had sex four times. I'll lend you some of mine. That's not bad, actually. I was going to say, say, six months old. And they've only had sex four times, but you are not alone in that at all. I think we've beaten that record, I reckon. Yeah, and this is the stigma, like, you know, six weeks, everyone should be having sex. I reckon 90%, I don't know where I'm pulling that figure from, but 90% of couples after they've had a baby are not <laughs> <Your ass. laughs> are not 
like having sex. And I think you, just not. and I think you get this tick off physically that yeah, you're ready to have sex, but that doesn't mean mentally you're ready or like energy wise you're ready or any of that. Anyway, Nick, but it's your question. Yeah, thanks, ladies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry yeah, I think it, it's so dependent. Like you said, you know, I haven't heard that six weeks thing, but obviously everyone's experience is different. I know for me, from the male perspective, if I feel like it's um like a charity, char- I don't like charity <laughs> sex. So it's like if I feel like, you know, your partner is giving it to you because they feel like it's just been however long and they're trying to, you know, tick that off for you. I personally really don't like that feeling. And I feel like I'm pretty good at reading if I feel like Soph's not into it. So, yeah, I would say like I don't personally know how you kind of, you know, kick your libido off. But, yeah, I know I really enjoy that time together and I feel like we prioritize it. And I would say out of the two of us, I'm more the instigator normally. But we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, like both of us instigating and for like Soph to instigate it when she feels like it because then you feel like as the male, you're not always pestering your partner. It's something that we like reassess like quarterly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we jokingly call it my thyroid that I've got an overactive thyroid. I know that's not like medically Correct. correct. But yeah, for me, it's like something that when you are both individuals before you become, you know, mom and dad, it's something that, yeah, you might've prioritized before. It doesn't mean you don't have to prioritize it once you become a family, but finding new ways to like embrace it where you both feel like it and having those conversations. Cause yeah, you do get to the end of the day and I was about to say you're rooted, but you, know, <laughs> you may not want that, but um, you're really tired and you don't feel, one of you don't feel like it. So you have to have those discussions because otherwise resentment can build up. So, you know, first of all, if you're trying to find your libido back, I think you need to have an open and honest conversation because it's probably like the anxiety and the fear around it that is causing you to have a low libido. Whereas if you hear your partner go, listen, you come to me when you're ready. Yeah. And then they might feel that pressure's off them and then, you know, they're they're keen to jump back on the horse. Um <laughs> oh for, literally, the, yeah. for the partner though, like a subtle hint. Yeah. Like <laughs> subtle hints of like, um, you know, you look beautiful or like just beautiful compliments here and there. Like it it, it sinks in. So if you're feeling, because usually after you've given birth, you don't feel like Sexy. You don't feel sexy, but if like Harry walk past me and I'm getting dressed and he'll like, you know, I don't know if this sounds really wrong, but like slap me on the ass or go, oh, you look great, you know, but this... For me, I might I might go go away, get off me, but it's in my head, and I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm sexy. She so, don't mean it. Then, <laughs> so then in, here, later boy. on, <laughs> later on, I actually act on that, and I think that it's always expected that you go from like mother to lover in a click of a finger, and like for a lot of women, and I'm sure a lot of men out there, there needs to be like, sure, of course, foreplay is good for that, but also like. If you're in the trenches of parenthood, it's really hard to go from like, oh, fuck, finally the kid's down. All right, yeah, I'm going to jump you in bed. Well, like whether it's that or whether it's just having a conversation or or like sitting down and having a nice dinner together or just like a little bit of touch here or there or a compliment here or there rather than it just being like completely one or the other. Like it's really hard to go from like wiping a pooey bum (laughs) to then being like, yeah, reverse cowgirl. Yeah, I reckon where where that issue comes up though is like, I don't know how you feel about this, Harry, but from a male point of view, like particularly if your wife's been really sick during pregnancy, you might have had nine months of a lot less 
you activity. know, yeah, a lot less activity. And then you have the baby and then you sort of have this excitement and that can obviously be taken in the wrong way as well, because you're really excited to bring that back into your relationship, but that can again create expectations on your partner, which they may not be like ready to fulfill. So, you know, even that thing of like, we've had it in the past where I'm like, oh, sweet, like now's our chance. Like, let's go, you know, but so it's like not keen and she's exhausted or whatever. But I think part of that is like the excitement to bring that back into it. So unless you have more open conversations, I can fully see how people get into these ruts where they, you know, both kind of resenting each other and and um yeah and and oh we go through phases yeah. where we're great and then we go through other phases and it's it's not, even not sexually. Yeah. And you don't even yeah. know sometimes you don't even know what causes it. You yeah. can't even put a finger on it. Yeah. You don't know where <laughs> that right? another <laughs> you, you don't even know um where it's coming from. But all yeah. of a sudden you can blink and you know you haven't had intercourse for six yeah. weeks. I know that I'm just like, oh why am I feeling like we're a bit disconnected and then I have a think about it and I'm I'm like, oh, it's been like a bit longer than normal for us. And then often we'll do it and I'll be like, why don't we do that yeah. more often? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I was going to say, and it doesn't take long, but then that's probably a bit offensive. <laughs> you know, but it, like, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. Well, that was one of the conversations that we had was around like, pri- like your priorities and it's like mm. so often that, you know, you might resonate with this, like you've got things you need to shoot or, during the day or whatever and, and a lot of the time those things are at the top and making time to make love or just be mm. together is at the bottom, you know. And there's been often times where Sophie will write a to-do list and I write it in there, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's have a lunch break. Like, <laughs> That's great. You know, and it's like, but how much better do you feel after you've had that time together and then go off for the day rather than being the last thing on the list that you have to squeeze in at like some point. Yeah. And I know for me, I hang around like a bad smell and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm waiting for that, you know, like so you're, there's just this like early. the air is thick and so it's like looking behind, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> like so, yeah, I think it's like you do need to get on the same page with it because, you know, everything's better and everything's flowing better. I feel like when there's that, you know, like love happening you know? yeah, totally. and that doesn't have to always necessarily be sex but that is great all right sophie i am anxious about going to work and my partner not following the routine for our one-year-old while i'm gone what would you do oh i feel like you and i have spoken about this a lot on the podcast before and it's that we understand that with friends other family members that have kids that there's so many different ways of parenting yet when it's our partner, like especially if you're more the stay-at-home or the more hands-on parent because they're out working or whatever, all of a sudden it's like, no, there's only one way to parent and it has to be your way and it's your way or the highway. And I think that can be really unfair for the other partner. I think if they're asking you like, oh, you know, what's so-and-so's routine to make their day easier, then sure, give it to them or give them a, a slight framework for the day. But you all also have to for their bond for their confidence Mm. and I would say if you can do it much earlier than one that is great like I think if you can do it from the get-go it actually makes your life as a mother or as a parent so much easier because 
they can do things without you and you don't have to be in control of it and overseeing it and checking in on it. They can just parent how they want to parent and they'll come to you if they've got questions or need help. I started to see this when I had my second child because you don't have the time to focus on that one child. Mm. So you have to allow someone to help out. And that's when I realized it doesn't matter that they do things differently. At the end of the day, that's their parenting style and they're doing it in a way like, yeah, I would probably do that differently or I'd clean up straight after I'd do that. But you can come back home after you go to work And if they're happy and they've had a beautiful bond and they're together, don't worry about the house or the way that you do the routine or what time he slept, that's dad. And if your child's a really routine baby and they don't go to sleep with your partner, your partner's going to come to you pretty quickly being like, okay, what do you put in place to get them to go to sleep? But they also do different things for different people. Like Goldie for us will not go down for her nap if she doesn't have a bottle. When she goes to daycare, we don't even pack a bottle for her. She's sleeping on a mother effing stretcher on the ground with no sides. There's other kids around. They're like up and playing and she's still sleeping. Like they do different things for different people. So I feel like your partner and will come to you if all hell is yeah. breaking. I think too, like that question, they're like trying to, um, I don't want to insinuate this, but it's <laughs> almost like you're setting your partner up to fail. Yeah. Like so many people, like, you know, I don't work a normal job, but if you did and you didn't look after your kids that much, like the nice thing to do would be, hey, do you want to know like what the routine that I do is if you're the mum? And then if they go, yeah, cool, like tell me, oh, no, I'm sweet. Like let them jump into your shoes for a day and yeah, maybe they will find it really hard. Maybe they won't. But the important thing is like allowing them to also like just have that crack at it. And I think, you know, so much of what we were saying before about communication, like how easy would it be as a dad just to be like, oh, we'll stuff it. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to try because like you have this routine and I can't follow that. And I've failed before. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. yeah. But it's also like, you know, I've observed some partners and unfortunately a lot of it is on the mum's side because they look after them so much where they, yeah, they kind of want the dad to fail almost. So they're like, you don't know how to do it. I did this with my mum when we went to New York and we had the two kids. I wrote like a ridiculous, pretty much a manual on everything. And I said, this is it, right? This is it if you need it. And like, I think on day two, dad said she cried because she couldn't believe how freaking hard it was. And then when I got back, she was like, I figured it out, but I only just realized that you left that there after you like, yeah, just before you got back. But, you know, it took her a while. But I think if they've got something there as a safety net, like if you need to look over something, here it is. But I'm not in your face saying you need to follow this. And I'm not going to message you at 1230 and go, okay, so is Dadada asleep? Have they had their lunch? Did they eat three quarters of the greens? Did da-da-da-da-da? Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jade, this is a big one we've spoken about before. But how do I get my partner to comprehend the mental load of a mother? Well, firstly, we have an episode about the mental load. So perhaps, you know, get him to listen to that because it does explain a lot and how we feel and what actually goes through our brains day to day. And a lot of people have actually said they've got their partner to listen to it and it really helped. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps us with the ratings. And no, I'm just (laughs) saying. But I think, look, 
For me, we were lucky because you never understand unless they're in that position or you hear them talk about it. So for Harry and I, we balance now our parenting and our house, not housework, but our like house life. So he completely understands just as much as I do the, the stress the how quickly the house can get messy the food how quickly the kitchen can get disgustingly messy he knows it all so we don't have this conversation anymore if I come back from work or he comes back from work because there's this mutual understanding that it has been a hard day with the kids whoever's got them And we mutually now understand like how much pressure it can be just being at home and doing all these tiny little things you never think about. So I guess, you know, everyone is doing the best they can for their family, whether they are at work and away, they probably want to be home and with the kids or you want to be away. And I just think that if you can appreciate each other and have a communication that shows that you both understand. I mean, God, don't don't get us wrong. Like Harry and I fight about the who's, house <clears throat> and who does more all the time. Like that's just what we do. But deep down whose we whose work's more important. Yeah, whose work's more important? Obviously mine. But um, you know, <laughs> we at the end of the day know that we we deep down understand that we're even. And I think like you and I are in a unique situation where Nick and Harry, neither of them work yeah. kind of conventional hours or yes. anything like that but I think you can still do it even if your partner has conventional hours where it's like even on when weekend. they're home or on the weekend they they do have to take on responsibilities yep. and and you do need time for yourself and so you have to give them those responsibilities so that they can understand what it's like mm-hmm. and you can still divvy up those chores or the kid tasks like just because your partner works doesn't mean they can't help out with lunch boxes or whatever and just remember that when it is a weekend or your partner has a day off, you going to the supermarket alone isn't your like rest break. You need to actually (laughs) go and do something. Nicholas. Hi. How to deal with an in-law showing favoritism to other grandkids? Oh, us. You guys have a fair few cousins. We do. I mean, if anyone's guilty of it, it's Timmy Chippen, but I do feel like... Towards Poppy. Yeah, I, I feel we all like know he's that. very open as to who his, like, golden children are. Um, I was the golden child growing yeah. up and now Poppy's the golden grandchild. Is she the oldest? Yeah. She's the yeah. oldest. She was the first. But I think he's really starting to warm to the others now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not something... I don't have a problem with it personally. Like, But is that because it's your child? Not but at I all. I think it's no, also just, because he's, like, kind of open about it and makes a yeah. joke about it rather than and just, like... he's not mean to the others. It's just that, like, he, the excitement of him to become a grandfather was so mm. such that yeah. Poppy was the first time that he felt that experience. The same as, like, you know, I felt a lot more of a visceral experience when we had Poppy than when we had Goldie just you because it's your it. first birth, you, you know. Can say it, no, but like, then I would, She's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then I would I feel say like that and Goldie you, are probably you closer, and Goldie, yeah. Goldie have Identical. such a special yeah. bond. Yeah, but no, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I Where I could see it would be a problem is if it was, like, somehow then negatively impacting that other child mm. where they're feeling unloved or um, whatever. 
In which case, yeah, you'd certainly say like, you know. Like if it was like, oh, blah blah bought a present for Ivy but they didn't buy one for Harper. I'm just yeah, pulling names out yeah. of my ass. And Harper got really upset. But then I think it's within your right to say, hey, I just want to let you know that like Harper knows that yeah. da-da-da got a present yeah, and it was sure. really upsetting for her. Yeah. Like next time do you think maybe you could get something for both of them? Yeah, and whether that's like a grandparent or auntie or uncle, yeah. like that stuff's going to happen. And I feel like you need to, whoever asks this question obviously has a strong feeling about it. So they should act on that strong feeling and, and discuss it with a person. And then they might just go, oh, actually, yeah, sorry. Like, you know, and then if they don't, they're just an asshole. No. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Harry, we have a seven week old and my husband wants to go away on a three day bucks weekend. Is this even <sighs> possible now? What would you do? Seven week. Yeah. Oh, that is early. Yeah. That is early. First child? I'm assuming so. Look. I think if it's not the first child, it's also, whoa, very early. Even worse, three kids I'll see I'm going. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, they have a bit more experience. I've pushed the boundaries a few times. I've done a few. That you have, my friend. (laughs) That you have. I've never done three days, though. Never done three days. And it never is three days. That's the thing. Three days, Bucks weekend, you're out of action for a lot longer than three days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that yeah. is true. Yeah, three days is probably pushing it, I reckon. Three days and, you know, I've heard this from a lot of wives and partners and friends, girlfriends and whatnot about they're like, Bucks party, what even are they anymore? They're like, what, 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 you guys just want an excuse to go yeah. kick on and bender. And I now getting a little bit older, I can kind of see the significance in that. Yeah, it's probably a bit unnecessary one day with the boys celebrate, you know, before you tie the knot and all that. Yeah, that's fair enough. But three days would be a little bit difficult and it would be a bit hard on the mum unless there's like a grandparent yeah. there to stay the night and not everyone has that op- opportunity. Mm. I reckon it's layered too. Like is the problem the three-dayness of it or is the problem that it's a bucks party? Because if the problem is that it's a bucks party, it's like is the issue that there's trust issues yeah. there because with bucks parties comes assumptions about what people Strip do. Us. But I do think <laughs> at seven weeks your first child, three nights, is a long time to be away unless you can put things in place like a grandparent like a family, friend, yeah. whatever all, to help. It's all relative. If you're lucky enough to have the option to have a grandparent there for the, you know, to help look after the kids and help with the little things around the house, I think it's definitely uh, definitely possible. However, if we're talking about just the selfishness of it, three days is too much and it's too much of a burden for the partner and your child, I think. Tell us about a Bucks party you went on, Nick. <laughs> I knew we were going to go. <laughs> I can't remember how old the kids were. I think Poppy was about six months old. Yeah, I went to a three-day Bucks party in Hong Kong. <laughs> in Hong Kong. Did you write this in, Sophie? And uh, no, I did wonder if Hong this was a planted Kong. question. It wasn't. And, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest fight we've had. Look, I definitely was not party fit in any way, shape or form. And I got home, yeah, and sort of I could feel the man flu setting in and uh, I was kind of out for probably the next five to seven days. I really did try to tough through it, but... Yeah, I remember the but day I got home, I said yeah. to Soph, I'm really sorry, but I um, just need to, I need to have a nap. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just going to have a quick nap. Yeah, yeah. I just, Ooh. like, I can hardly keep my eyes open. I think I slept for three or four hours. I completely sweated through the doona and blanket. And, um, yeah, I was, in, I was in a lot of trouble. But to give the husband some perspective, if you're planning on going and doing that, 
it's going to take probably 10 years off your life. And by the time you get home and then you have to then help your already exhausted wife, you're not committing to three days, you're committing to a month of torture from (laughs) your wife but also for yourself because, yeah, you just you do, don't recover. If you do, and if you use pulling off the three days, good on you, well done. <laughs> <laughs> and just make yeah. sure you get the Barocca, yeah. get your Panadol and Nurofen. Well, he, you know now. Yeah, you've got to learn the tricks of the trade. Yeah. You get these things, you pack your water. And Harry you knows he comes bender, back. Everyone writes you off for it, but trust me, you'll be winning in the end and they'll all be getting punished. But we've learnt throughout you know, eight years of kids that Harry now knows no matter what time he walks in the door or what he does or whatever the night has for him, I do not care. Yeah, I you don't wake care. up in the kids face. No, up. no, no. He does not go to nap. He doesn't nap. He doesn't do he has to soldier on. I don't care how hard his head hurts. He <laughs> soldiers on and he does. Look, he might rest on the couch and like watch the cricket and watch put, the kids, put the kids <laughs> in the cot. I am incapacitated. But at though. least he's and there and he's not whinging saying, I can't parent. Yeah. He's parenting kind of. But I'm a pretty miserable parent. It's, yeah. You're he's not, doing the bare minimum. You're not, yeah, 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 you're, not your best self, you're not your best yeah. self. The cricket's on. And the caretaking. You're, you're Jay, yes. My partner hasn't given up on his weekends. He's a great dad, but all his friends don't have kids yet and he gets FOMO. What would you do? Okay, well, I actually had a partner like that because <laughs> Nick, you still have the partner yeah because harry <laughs> i was like what was this oh, yeah. because harry was it's young he, yeah okay. he was young <laughs> i'm trying to sit there thinking who the fuck's this come they, in harry no one's asked these you? questions the girls who just the sat fuck is this great need to know some shit who's this got away with all yeah. this shit <laughs> No, yeah. Harry. Who treated you bad, babe? Who treated yeah. you bad? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him. Yeah. No, Harry was one Lexus of the. Texas are on nerds. Anyway. All right, shush. Harry was <laughs> the first out of his friends to have children. They're only just starting now to have kids. So when we moved to Byron, Mia was six months old, and boy, did this guy have FOMO. Like, he wanted to be out surfing when everyone was surfing. If there was something on, he wanted to be there. It was all sport related. Like, he just wanted to. To make sure that he was there. I just done five years in Melbourne, though. By the way, oh, like you were in prison. Like, come on, I've been pretty much. Anyway, so I what was the question? Gets FOMO. What would you do? Okay. He doesn't want to give up his bacon. Okay, okay. So if this is the situation, you have to have a sit down conversation and say, look, I understand that you know you don't your friends don't have children and they don't understand. However, you do understand and you do have kids, and we are a priority over anything forever like that's it and if he doesn't understand that then there is an issue and you probably have to you know go i'm not doing anything everyone's laughing and i have a feeling that harry's being rude i'm not it's it's a really good answer i'm listening no nick just noticed (laughs) harry's finger again and now he's got a broken finger and it's all funny put the finger up so everyone can see it anyway have the conversation i think communication is everything and for god's sake mate limit your weekends i just think no it's one their allocated them time so if that's how they want to use their time, obviously not all weekend no. every weekend but then you get time to yep. spend on yourself and yep. then that's their time to find spend the on themselves find the balance can i just say no. uh, it took me <laughs> it took me <laughs> probably till this year, like honestly to this year to start working out that it's not <laughs> This thing. Is this it? It gets me, yeah. It gets you every time. It gets me. Yeah, only this year am I pretty much getting to the end of of working out that it's better to keep everyone happy in your family and go without a little bit 
than it is to go and try to fit it in everything you're trying to do and yeah. hang with your mates and then get home and then they're unhappy and they're annoyed at you. And here's a tip. Finally, I've worked out that the balance of having a happy wife, happy life is a lot better than ha- having fun with a couple of mates and coming home and getting, you know, fully in trouble. And take your family with you. Hey, babe, I want to go. I want <laughs> yeah, to go to. golfing for no. 27 holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck Come on out. When you play 27 holes. Yeah. Like, oh, 27? That's why it takes Where so long. Oh, well, that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, well, um, this is what we're talking about. You get your day in. This is my day Friday. If I can fit 27 holes in, that's up to me. Sophie, my mother-in-law offers for her partner, the third partner in six years, to babysit when she can't. He gives me the wrong vibes. How do I approach this situation? Oh, gosh, I would be approaching this very, very directly. And whether you got creepy vibes or not, if it's not someone you're close with, you are so within your right. Like even if he's the nicest guy ever, he's not your dad. Of course he would be. (laughs) He's not really a relative of yours. I'm assuming if it's her third husband they've probably got together when you've been older slash maybe even in adult years so you're not expected to have any form of dad daughter relationship with them I don't think you need to tell her that you get creepy vibes off him because I think then that's potentially making accusations and could really open up some drama if you're not quite sure but I would just say I really don't feel comfortable with your partner looking after my child and, and it's nothing against him as a person. Universe Stop referring him. Yeah, um, and I and I think accepted. that anyone you said that to, if your mum doesn't understand that, then that's her issue, not your issue. It's her mother-in-law though, but it's the same thing. I don't think it matters who it is. Oh, and if you feel like it's awkward coming from you, then tell yeah. your partner to have the conversation with their mother. Like, mother-in-law's like, partner's even more separated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh. even further along. Hey, Nick. My partner doesn't trust my mum looking after our child, but I trust her completely. Example, he doesn't want our child riding on the mower with her. What would you do? Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. It's, so, it's such an individual. Just don't let her ride on the mower. And yeah, if it's just the mower if, thing. If it's then, just the mower to say, listen, the mower, they're, they're yeah. fucking Psychic. dangerous. Yeah. 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 Mower, like, there's actually I, issues with safety, I think. Yeah, mowers and well motorbikes, yeah. it's, it's yeah. dangerous. That If that's if that's the like the main question, it's like, yeah, sorry, I don't want to run my yeah, mower. But I think, it's, issue, I think there's, yeah. a bigger, there's a bigger layered question there, though. Yeah. Yeah, but also boundaries. Just say, look, we love when you look after our child because they love spending time with you. However, we just have to implement some boundaries so we all feel comfortable. The mower is off limits. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah is off limits. Other than that, we absolutely adore you. Wouldn't say boundaries, though. Yeah, well, is pretty confronting. I always just think like, I don't know, I don't, I don't feel like we stew on stuff very much. Like if we see something, we're like, oh, can you? Like, yeah, that's good. We just sort of bring it up straight away. So there's things that like we let our grandparent, like let the grandparents do, particularly food-wise, that we wouldn't feed our kids. But we're also accepting enough of those things. We're like, look, I know that's not how we would do things, but like let them have that. Flexible. But there's always points where we go, oh, no, seriously. Like, seriously, like it's 8 like, o'clock, they enough. don't need a don't Dixie do that. cup. Yeah. 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 So for us, like we just deal with <laughs> like it. Like they're like, not even asking for it. No, yeah. we don't have to give it to them. <laughs> yeah. it's my mum does that too. Why are we offering yeah. them ice cream that's when nice. they're perfectly happy and have kind of asked to go to yeah. bed? Like, so I feel like if we saw that, I'd be like, oh, hey, like I'd prefer if you didn't take her on the mower, like straight away, you know. Like, but if that's just an example and your partner has legitimate 
legitimate reasons that they don't want your mum to look after the kids. You have to listen to that. But then also say, okay, do you have another solution as to who could look after your child? Because it also shouldn't just fall on the mum to be like, okay, well, now you've got to find someone else to look after the child. The other question was the grandparents smack their child, but they don't even smack their child. That is Simple. 1,000% no. Firm no. So what would you say? (laughs) What would you say? Yeah, I'd say that's totally inexcusable. That's not your child and I don't condone it. Yeah, that's not how we discipline our child if you do that. You won't be spending time with a child. Something like that I would be really. Especially when they say, oh, but I used to smack you and you're like, yeah, look how I turned out. Yeah. And there was another question that came in saying grandparents make inappropriate comments, i.e. child's weight, calling certain food bad, what would you do? For me it's um, it's straightforward. You, like so many people have different relationship structures with their parents. That's yeah. a thing. With my parents I'd say, oi, mum, no more of the yeah. no more of the cookies. They're done. Like I'd say it straight away. And what about my mum? Oh, yeah. that's okay. your mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, so what yeah, would yeah, you say? Bit, well, once again, I have a really close relationship with your parents and, yeah, I can – I can knock on with them hard too as well. And I usually have to, yeah, I have to beat around the bush a little bit more, probably with your dad more, but with your mum I would probably tell her a bit more straight up, wouldn't I? And, yeah, and it's funny because it's personality. So mum and Harry are very like straight to the point and they don't mind a debate and an argument. My dad and I are very reserved and we avoid when it's just so unnecessary so i think it would be harder for him to say that to my dad we've got we 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 are going through this now like it's coming into christmas and i one of my irks and it's we're blessed that we've got kids that get presents from family members but i i really want to lay down the law and say no plastic crap just chanel like we throw it out in a year the kids don't use it they're spoilt enough with the things they get. And I just want to say, like, we're going to Melbourne. There's going to be a lot of family members. And once again, we're blessed and we're lucky enough that our kids are going to get presents. And I understand there's kids out there that won't. So I feel bad for them. But I just, I really would like to yeah. say, yeah, just less plastic and, and less crap and more, more, like more things with, with intrinsic yeah. value. Yeah. That's, Adventures and things to do together. And, and I'm going to have to bring that up somehow. Before Christmas, to Jade's, Jade's yeah, side, that's a thing, towards Jade's yeah. side of the family, and yeah. if if that's the question, I'm thinking about it now. I would probably just say, "Hey guys, what were you thinking about presents? Yeah. I was thinking maybe a trip to the zoo or trip yeah. to that's a cool idea. like something like aquarium tickets." And or- I mean, you can be as direct as possible, but you guys also can use the excuse of like, "Oh, we don't have much baggage, so we don't want to be flying back with things. So can you gift them?" But I'm a instead? I'm a bit of a mediator t- with a lot of people because I like to keep the 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 peace. So Harry's already been in my ear. He's always in my ear when it's birthdays or Christmas because he knows the kids are going to be spoiled by family. And for me, I think of the people just only thinking of, oh, what would they love? And I feel bad for them if, you know, you go in and say, hey, can you not buy them this, this and this, they don't want it, and then they feel bad because they've gone out and bought it. Whereas if you, and I like I've said it to mum and dad we purely just want to do things based on adventures and experience. doing things to experience mm. because that is what they're going to remember forever. Mm. Uh, they don't need 
anything because he's right, we throw it out and it's so wasteful. So they have got, we got zoo, we've got aquarium when we're down and it's all memories. They're old enough now to remember them. So that's what we're, we have instilled. But as for the other people, I mean, you've got to also just simmer and go, look, there's going to be you know, grandparents or great grandparents that are going to give you a present that you really didn't want them to. A few things I've already talked about too. Compromise is huge. Mm. Let them have a little bit of their way. You get a little bit your way. Yeah. And the uh, negative positive sandwich yeah. as well. If you've got to tell them something, say, look, we're so grateful that those presents, they love them. However, this, 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 however, you are such yeah, a good Yeah, lover. totally. Oh, thanks, boys. Thanks for joining us. It's no been watches. a delight. Have you enjoyed being here? I have. It's, it's great. been fun. And we'd, we'd love to stay and chat, but Sophie and I have a end of uh, Beyond the Bump breakup party, don't We've we? We've got our Christmas party. Yeah. We've got a tax deductible lunch to get to. Hey, to get it's awesome. You got to drink a juice for lunch. Woo. No, juice cleanser's over, baby. Woo! Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Everyone have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we will see you back in 2022. Woo. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.